Hello, this is Andre and Anita. We talk about parenting, love and life skills. Our family of six makes sure we always have something to share. Working. Yeah. yeah, see, um, I sent you an email. No, a WhatsApp message. Yes. Hello, everyone, I guess. Hello, everyone. Here's <laughs> Anita and, <laughs> and Andre. And we have already been talking a little bit about uh, today and um, what our family is like and what kind of problems we're facing. And things happening. And that's why we're talking about the book. Mm -hmm. It says a little bit up. The book you wish your parents had read. And your children will be glad that you did. Okay. And I thought like this title already, it, it sounds like something really revolutionary in a sense. Like something awesome is going to happen when we read this. Mm -hmm. It's by Philippa Perry and I'm going to link it below. So if you're going to want... If you want to buy that book and Philippa, if you want to give us a little bit of money or something... Um, Just let us know. <laughs> We're going to talk about desperate. it. <laughs> We are. Well, if you want to link our podcast. I'd, I'd, I'd actually like to be sponsored by a Perry. That's nice. That's a certain ring to it, right? Okay. And um, basically this book is about kind of being flexible in your parenting style. In a sense, I think. Okay. Okay. Um, I yes. only read... Discover. Yes. So the first point we're going to talk about is mm -hmm. our reactions as parents are closely tied to our childhood. Oh. That was number two. Like on... Oh, number two. Know, somewhere. Oh, we were going from... We leave out number one. Okay. And number one was just introduction. <laughs> so, um, and then uh, she brought this example of a father who was really disturbed by his son or daughter, I don't know, his kid, wasting food, not mm -hmm. finishing his food. Mm -hmm. And then he only later realized how, like, he would be so strict because that's something that he would get punished severely mm -hmm. for if he ever would waste some food. But then he later would have to realize, you know, as a parent and we're not in a desperate situation where we have to be really, really hungry, mm -hmm. maybe it's not as severe as I think it to be. Hmm. I know your thoughts about this, so do you want to chime well, in, you know? To, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about the food situation. I don't think my parents were really strict on, or I don't remember them being strict on, you know, finish your plate and everything. They kind of were more, let's say, fair, you know. If you if you, if you can't finish your plate, then it's okay, you know, before you start to throw up or whatever. Um, so, fine by us. Yeah. Um, whereas I am today, I'm very strictly against wastage. Yes. I just don't like to throw stuff out. I mean... Um, I mean, I don't mean that you're strict. That's not what I'm implying. No, no, no. But, but I'm just thinking how my parents, yes. uh, you know, raised me and the, the wastage thing was not a thing, to be honest. Yeah. But It wasn't something th that, that they... But there are some things that you feel like you react more, um, let's say, strongly when it's about being punctual, being on time. And I'm wondering, is this because of your childhood or does it have different reasons? Because um, now the point that she's making is it's good to be aware of the points where you are being, where you have been influenced by your parents mm -hmm. and that's what's molding your parenting style as well. Well, being on time, of course, we talked about that a couple of times, but yeah, that, that's an important thing to me. But is and it because of your race, like yeah, how you have been raised? Yeah, definitely. I can clearly deduct that from uh, me being raised the, the way I was. Because it's not an innate drive or need or uh, I don't want or want to be punctual or anything. No, no, I'm just going to close that door because 
I'm actually seeing this quite close. <laughs> yeah, so so without that being imprinted on me due to how I was raised, I don't think it would be a quality that I would cherish being on time. Oh yeah? I, I it, it kinda goes against my nature. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's one of the, the weird things where um despite my nature it's still a thing of import to me okay but i know that you've been raised in like your parents try to um, instill some values inside of you yeah, exactly. which they have been unsuccessful when yeah, trying other areas you know? more lacking. i don't but know why but, i'm just but that one stuck yeah but that's yeah but i'm saying there must be something inside of you that makes being punctual a value to you that's still important to you And it's not just some like um, unconscious thing that you never think about, but rather I mean, that you would still communicate and that you know. There um, a lot. There are a lot of practical applications for being punctual. Yes. That has that have real life value. <laughs> so, well, being orderly can be something beneficial as well. Sure, I guess. And you've had some problems uh, with your colleagues, not, not just one colleague, as far as I know. Who didn't appreciate your working space in the past? Yeah, a couple of times. It's when I learned how to hide everything in my little storage boxes. <laughs> okay. Or the, the best approach. But that's, uh, the best that's approach in my mind is uh, if you don't make a mess, you don't have to clean it up. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So this is why everything that is paper usually ends in the bin. Or in the litter, or whatever you want to call it, trash litter, can. And litter box. <laughs> litter yes, box. For our English listeners. Or British. More, British, if yes, we know. Um, yeah, but that's, you know, I get, about I get by. Mm. Um, I just wanted to point out something that because I think that, that the opposite is true as well. Because sometimes we have been raised in a manner where we felt our parents have been unjust mm. or too strict or something like that and then we start doing the opposite in a sense to our children not like the same thing as in that example but rather the opposite and that can be some quite wrong as well because most of the time those um, very um, polar opposites aren't very good mm -hmm. mostly somewhere in the middle is the way to go And this is something that I felt like my parents did when they have felt in the past, especially my father, as being um, treated unjustly when like his uh, brother, like both of his brothers, he felt like they have been bevorzugt. Uh, they have been treated, have been treated better mm -hmm. than him. Mm -hmm. And that's why he wanted to treat us exactly the same when it comes to material goods they were favored mm -hmm. yes uh, like it was it, it, yeah important that all of his children get the same amount of money or whenever they would uh, support us with something they would write it down would know so that it was very clear that they were just mm -hmm. in this very sector mm -hmm. and this is something where i feel like um sometimes they almost went overboard in a sense you know Well, it's it's this thing that you can it, exaggerate, it, but it no, no, was, no, no. It, it, it's this thing that that money is really, really important to them, and uh, how they spend it and how they distribute it and divide it among their children is, of course, then of real import to them. Yes, you know, it, it's not an easy. You know, they, they can't just you know oh, I'll give it away and um, then give them some there, some there, and they they you know have checks and balances really well done yes a lot of thought the homework has been in gone into yeah in how they spent their money and what to do with their money and i just wanted to emphasize that that was a great thing i'm not criticizing it mm -hmm. but in a sense it also was a little bit too important and i felt that other areas where we as children actually felt a need they mm -hmm. didn't notice because the material goods you know after a certain point of um How can you say Wohlstand um, of well-being in a country, mm -hmm. whatever? When all your basic needs are met, like mm -hmm. yeah, and you don't really have like this 
um, a sense of like I'm, I'm really much worse off than my mm. uh, colleagues or other students in my class or whatever if you feel like you're perfectly fitting in mm. when it comes to that then there is not this big need or that you would focus on that so much but on the other hand I felt uh, like when it came to I don't know like um, duties in the whole household I was the one who was in, of a disadvantage more often than my siblings, but because this is a bigger topic because, like, yeah. I'm the older one, and there's some duty, character stuff as you well. Took your duties more serious. I know, but um, I, I know the reasons for it, and I'm not blaming my parents. But in a sense, I feel like um, it's important to know where you have been pre-programmed in your parenting in mm. your childhood. Mm -hmm. so that you can adjust fairly and not just emotionally which sense. basically means um, you have to be self-aware right yes okay okay number three you can read it your child which spells your only child i guess your child needs an optimal environment to flourish um okay i don't so remember what she was talking about that. We create there. an environment of peace and serenity and everything will be good, right? Well, it actually, it actually means, also means that your child has enough opportunities to learn stuff, that they're not just sitting in front of media okay. all the time, for example, mm -hmm. you know, or that they don't get any... Um, friends to play with or uh, if they don't get any chances to show their talents mm -hmm. that's a bad one too so whenever you find something might be great in your child this is like my interpretation there was something else in, in the book because I don't remember exactly anymore yeah. um, but that's definitely a point to consider okay. I think we can still do a little bit more of that. Yeah. Like, I mean, push according to each more. kid, you mm. know? Yeah. Uh, but you know what? But, but that means for, for people with uh, multiple children, um, with each child comes their own, I guess, optimal environment. Oh! Ah! So mm -hmm. you have not only to consider one environment, but you have to make, like, for us it's four. Okay, you right. know what they were talking about the, uh, when it came to optimal environment? Mm -hmm. They said something about that it made little difference if it was a single mom or not. If there were two parents or not. Again, that's the parents. How many kids they're talking about? Doesn't matter. I mean, they're, they're not even uh, talking about multiple children or not. Um, it says something... In fact, more than 25% of children in the UK are raised in a single-parent household. So if there is more single parents, then it makes it okay to be a single parent in a sense. I don't know. That, the logic was weird. Um, and it says what's more is that research shows that this has little impact on a child's emotional development or school performance once things... Um, Things like household financial situation and parent education are factored in. And this is something where I'm like, okay, the financial situation, often it's much worse when there's only one parent. Mm -hmm. Even if the father is paying his... Um, Subsidiaries, I don't know. What do you call them? Child support. Child support I don't fees. know, something like it. Mm -hmm. um, and then also the parent's education when it's factored in so this this makes this really 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 bad like this this sentence because as far as i know um single moms most of the time they are they don't have hired education the the parents that stay together most of the time like the the majority as far as i know uh, they have higher educational background Mm -hmm. So the single mom households, most of the time, they don't have that higher education. Okay. So, and, and if that's factored in, yes, then probably it's not as bad because um, the ones with a higher education, maybe they have like a little bit more family support. 
and if they don't have any financial problems and they also manage and this is something that will come up in the next one like mm -hmm. in the next point and um, that's where they are uh, emphasizing how important it is that both of the parents have a good relationship with other that they have a still a very good communication with with each other even though they're divorced and that they would um talk respectfully about each other Mm -hmm. And this is something where I think like all of these uh, requirements, they're rare. Don't you think? Do you think there is the majority of single moms are highly educated, have good financial resources and are able to have a really good, friendly and civil and respectful relationship with their ex? Uh I could only hazard a guess because I don't know that many. Okay, I, I know also, a few. Also, back back to the point is... Um, if all of this is factored this, in, well, most of the time they're that, not that separated. That is then an optimal environment? It's a better environment for kids because um, divorce is one of the predictors for not-so-good child development. Okay, we're talking about optimal environment. Yeah, but that's what she meant by that. Like having, okay, um, uh, or if you don't have two parents, then it's important that there is some male role model or the opposite. If the, a single dad has a female role model or whatever, mm. and that they would get, find out like how to work through conflicts in a healthy way, mm -hmm. um, that they wouldn't put kids into like, I don't know, That they wouldn't expose them to poisonous fights. Okay. Um, stuff like that. And this is something where I feel like mostly when, when families go through divorce, it's, I think, I don't think the majority is like really peaceful and civil and respectful. Probably not. Because then they usually don't divorce. Or do they? I don't know. Maybe not. Okay, maybe let's just skip this one so, because we don't have so much to talk about this. No, because, but I'm just I'm, so I'm skeptical about this. Like, especially if if she's saying if all of these things are factored in, of if all of these requirements are factored Now, in, then it doesn't make a difference. Talk about so, about the point being made is what makes an optimal environment. And then again, I don't care about the sing along stuff. Yeah. But um, would you say the points that she um, offers? do create or do spell out an optimal environment and that was what financial security and yes. what else higher education of the parents higher education that's important if they're separated if they're separated just as an optimal environment for your child that's yes. the point no I separation am. nothing okay Ed so higher education is important to create an optimal environment yeah financial security in a way and What else? Uh, civil and respectful communication between the parents. Okay. And This so sounds like you have to be an upper class parent, then you're I don't know. giving a better environment. So, so those are the three factors. And I would say maybe that's missing a bit, missing a lot, I guess. Yeah, of course. I mean, I just have the short um, summary. Of course, there's more. Yeah. But this already sounds like... You want to say, you know, you better be someone of yeah, the higher class. I think reasons. if you write a book and if you give that kind of point and you tell parents, you better get your act together and create financial security like right now. And then you get better get, you know, educated while you're at it. And then try to talk civil, please, to your spouse, partner, whatever. Uh, and then you've created an optimal environment for your kid to flourish. Nothing can go wrong. You know, thumbs up. You know what? The book is a little bit longer. I mean, they're talking about other things as well. I guess, I guess. It's yeah, just... you know, but these are some environmental factors that are quite important. They can be. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Okay, next point. Validating your child's feelings is healthier and more productive than fighting against them. And here, um, I would... What does validating in that sense mean? Um, for example, and they had this example of a 10-year-old 
oh yeah, a 10-year-old. A 10-year-old is throwing a tantrum about visiting grandma because of the icky vegetable soup she's always, she always makes. Your first reaction might be to say, we are going to grandma's for dinner. You should be grateful and that's that. But this will only teach a child that her icky feelings are not valid. And then she comes up to, what if the piano teacher also wants to touch your child and this child has an icky feeling again and the child has been taught wow. that icky feeling is... Are you serious? Is... That is the conclusion? Yes. Wow. Okay, well... And she will learn to suppress the second yeah. event for fear of being dismissed. Okay. Because the two uh, almost one of the, the same thing. Uh, wow. That, that's quite a conclusion to make. It sounds to be also like kids are not able. I, I mean, in some sense, I think kids are a little bit smarter than that. I hope they are. I hope that, but it's 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 different things, you know, all together with the, with the grandma. I, I I agree with. Um, I hear you, and I know it might not be the best thing for you, um, but let's try and formulate a strategy how you can um, get through the day, or maybe even talk to grandma about it. You know, why don't you try? You know, this is actual. This would help the situation. Just share you know what? your feelings. Actually, let me just say that like I had the experience of having a kind of icky feeling every time we went to my grandma mm. because we always had to wear a skirt because of religious region, uh, mm. reasons. <laughs> and even in winter when I really hated wearing a skirt and this, these horrible tights that mm. are scratchy and whatnot. But I knew that she would be offended if we didn't wear a skirt. And... Yes, and I don't remember us having really big discussions about it. Like, oh, you know, Grandma, she, ah, she's offended. I, I just knew it, mm. and I also knew, okay, let's get through this, and afterwards I can wear comfy stuff again. I don't know. I didn't even think about it too much, and I also didn't remember. I don't remember ever having good discussions or conversations with my parents about it. Mm -hmm. I just knew. This is how she's wired. I'm going to have to get through it. But afterwards, you know, it's going to be over and it's going to be okay. Yeah. But I really, really don't think that I would have thought my piano teacher touching me would have been uh, the same category. Yeah, that, that it's kind of a leap there. That's weird. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't know. I think some icky feelings... They're okay to expect your kid to have. Sure. In a sense. And how to deal you know? with them. Yes. Well, uh, oh, and there comes the sibling question, in a sense. Because I knew my sister, she had to endure it as well. And that felt kind of more comfortable and ensuring. Yeah, I'm not alone. Yes. And even my brother, he often had to change as well. Because he usually would wear like things that weren't as nicely looking or whatever or not as clean and so he, have, he would have to change as well um so that came with visiting my grandma and but at the same time like we would try to make the best out of the situation especially because it was usually very very boring mm -hmm. and this was something that helped but i still think kids can really they can, quite clearly can make some distinguishing between different kinds of icky feelings unless if you, want to you call don't them tell them that if you don't speak about that you know about um personal space and uh, your own body and who it belongs to and all okay basic let things. me just say we never talked about this yeah i know we you, never did you, you don't um but i think it's an important uh it has been an important topic in our family oh yeah yeah of course Wow. Uh, no, no, in our family, but in, like our family. in, in your No, I mean, childhood? in our, you know, our, our Yes, kids. I know. And we did talk about that because it is important. It yeah. is important what is okay and what is not okay. Have you ever been taught about this by your parents? Do you remember? I don't really know. I know there was one incident, which was which is kind of funny. I, I didn't notice at all because I'm kind of oblivious to it. And I guess I'm too, I was too... 
confident to be abused in that kind of aspect but we did have when I was playing soccer oh there was one trainer um, or one coach and um, like I don't know like five six years later I heard that he was fired um, because oh. he showered with the boys and you know how it goes but there was just some weird touching going on or no or maybe I did not notice at all Oh, I don't remember, or at least not in my mind. Um, okay. No idea, but that was like, okay, wow, could have been me. or See, but this is something where yeah. I think, I don't know if boys are being... Mm, if the topic is as... Um, strong? As strong with families just having a boy, or if this is something that is more uh, urgent, in a sense, for families having girls... And also with now, like when, when I, I kind of feel like we are hearing about these kinds of stories more often nowadays yes. with all the social media and whatnot. Mm. Um, but as I just told you, like my parents, they never talked about this. Mm. And well, my sister, uh, she almost was mm, a victim no, no. like within the family. Uh, let's say it this way. And, and she was quite young. Uh, mm -hmm. So she... And my parents never talked to her about this. Um, it was a lucky yeah. coincidence, like yeah. that nothing happened. I know, but 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 I think for our kids, we did tell them, and um, I have no trouble believing that I always would never let it come to that because he hates person again. Like yeah. he would never be a victim. Like yeah. his body language and everything mm -hmm. exudes like I'm confident. Mm -hmm. um, I our would be second. more worried about our second son or. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're because body language it, it really expresses a lot. Mm -hmm. And if somebody took advantage of him, I don't know, maybe, maybe. But but we did talk to every to our kids, and and we will continue talking about that and uh, what is uh, acceptable and what is not. Let me just add to this point when validating your child's feelings is. That uh, something that I've talked to you about several times about this uh, parenting specialist who said something about a kid talking about something negative, mm. and usually parents they usually want to chime in and give some solutions, possible solutions, and rather than giving solutions immediately, it's better to talk about this feeling more like extendedly mm. and tell your kid, you know, I, I understand you, mm. I, I can, I get why you're feeling this way mm. and you, you let today. your kid talk about this a little bit longer yes yeah. i did mm. that and then like after listening after trying to understand your kid that's when you can start talking about some possible solutions but first well you it's cannot... important to validate their feelings that's yeah that's very true i agree wholeheartedly with that um and i think it can come to the point where you where the kid is asking you for advice either that Or you can ask your kid as well, um, would it be okay for you if I, you know, try and give you some hints, what could be done, Yeah. you know, and if they say, yeah, I'd like that, then, then it's a go, and they say, well, not yet, then you know it's okay, it's just listening time. Yeah. Because sometimes kids got to figure out things for themselves as well, that they want to, um, you know, rare occasions, maybe, but... Um, hopefully. Yeah. They should. Hopefully, at a certain age, yeah, they, they, they should come up with solutions because you don't wipe their, their butts anymore. Um, <laughs> um, but, but, yeah. So I think asking them is, is a valid way to go. Yes. Yeah, that's a good idea. It, it, which I actually didn't do, by the way. I have to admit that. Okay, next point. Babies need the opportunity to form a deep, secure attachment. Stichwort Urvertrauen. Sorry for all the Germans. That's... Uh, it's... Um, saying something like newborn babies, they shouldn't, you shouldn't let them cry for an extended period of time for food or for being held. No, no, here's, here's the question um, What does a deep and secure attachment mean? It means the baby knows if I'm hungry, somebody's gonna take care of it, if I'm sleepy, somebody's gonna take care of it. Like, not somebody, my mom, like the, the secure attachment person. Um, I think it also means your baby shouldn't be put into different people's hands all of the time. 
because at that stage they need um, consistency. They're bonding, like the, the bonding stage, mm-hmm. like the first um, up until their fourth year. Uh, babies need this um, person. Um, somebody they they Go are to attached to, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's because because I read an article today which was very provocative. Um, it is about a book, a left wing, um, I don't know, maybe socialist something wrote, and it, it actually gave me considerably amount of thought. Um, well, I had to think a lot about it because it was so blatantly wrong in my opinion okay uh, um, but you had to think about it um, but it was very provocative in a way so it, it goes with um, this is a new book out there from from again left wing something I can't remember her name and she said well the dissolution of family you know, oh okay. we don't need families I'm putting it wrong and I'm simplifying it a lot so bear with me um, Basically, uh, why do we need a family? Why can't society just raise kids? You know? She doesn't have children. They so does maybe, not maybe have not, children. Maybe not, but it's an interesting... You know, the concept of family is not something that old in human um, history. It started in, in Europe in the 18th Century that you have the the nucleus. Ah, uh, the nuclear the, family, yeah, not the in nuclear. an extended uh, exactly. way. Exactly. But see, then, but so <sighs> yeah, there, there are, there's a, of course there's a lot of to, to rage about it and why family is important. We think family is important, of course we do. But just the thought, it is so, it, it makes you go, that can't be right. She's wrong, and and I want to show her, and, and and people got really really angry. Thank you. Of course. Um, but a lot of them for the wrong reasons. I know. <laughs> because I know. there's a lot of... Um, today, there's a lot of... Uh, um, what do you say? Um, nationalistic tendencies that want to uh, empower the authoritarian, authoritarian. Form, author, authoritarian form of family. You know, because you have uh. a leader... And your the kids are made to listen to the leader, and this is how it work, how it uh, works. That's the argumentation. That is one argumentation against Ooh. family, because you've uh. been, you know, since when you are born, you are, you know, presented in that way, or you raised in that way, where you always have to listen to someone to tell you what is right and what is wrong, and that is something a nationalistic party is uh, really likes to do as well. There's a leader you listen to, you follow. Total obedience, you know, you don't think for yourself, you just do what you're told. Try to argue with a baby. Have a good discussion. Hey, just argue with a This is with me, you know, form a deep and secure attachment, don't pass it around. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yeah, I know, she doesn't mean that. I know what. Think about if we had no more families, if we just, you know, put them in some crib somewhere. Put them in a crib and everyone raises them. Which basically spells no one, but okay, let's let's pretend that would work. How would society look? And that's, I think, a very interesting thought. I don't want to live in that society, me personally, but just think about me it. Me neither. This could look like a um, dystopian, you know? Not really. Yeah, but it sounds like they're they're gonna have a lot of um, um, how do you say? They got a lot strange. A lot of mental yeah. illness. Yeah, they um, haven't been loved enough because love it doesn't factor in that. It's just you know, uh, everyone raises the kids. Um, I just heard a statistic that kids who have been raised with um, stepdads, mm-hmm. like uh, somebody has been divorced and they get somebody else, the chance of them being mis- um, um, abused. Is three hundred percent higher than a normal family. When they have a stepdad. Yes. Because that would go for me as well, then I guess. I know, but <laughs> uh, it was three hundred percent higher than if in a normal family. That doesn't mean that it, there, something has to happen. Mm. Just the chance of that happening is way higher. Okay. But um, of course, she knows better. <laughs> well, she just wrote a book, and um, yeah, she 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 got a lot of attention for it. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, it's an interesting thought. Nevertheless, I mean, uh, yeah, it's I, I, some some things I feel just um, they're 
kind of interesting to talk about mm -hmm. as long as you're not affected yourself or if you don't have any children of your own then it's easier to talk about this because I have to admit there were many things that I thought quite differently about before having kids yeah. and quite a lot has changed afterwards and I never would have thought about this and I also think that this is not those weren't things that you could have argued me into yeah. Some things they have to grow out of experience. And therefore, I'm glad that I didn't write a book before <laughs> having gotten children. Yeah. Let me just say that. Wait, okay, the next one. You're going to read that one. Hang You're on. uncertain. I was just checking for that article. Uh, ah, okay. Give the, the credit. Then no. let me just read it. No, 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 no it's okay, it's okay. Because I can only read number five. This is... Uh, I could show you what I've got, but... No, number six, uh, the next one. There yeah. must be another picture. And no, there's no other picture. Wait, 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 wait. Mm -hmm. And here. Wow. It was... I, I know, I, I cannot choose. Like I, I did it in the right <laughs> order, but WhatsApp didn't put it in the okay. right order. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I'm sorry. It's my fault. So, number six, very clearly. There are certain actions that we can take to ensure our child develops sound mental health. This feels like a repetition, right? An optimal environment to flourish um, or ensure our child develops sound mental health. I would kind of go with, uh, yeah, if you have an optimal environment, that is a byproduct. Yeah, okay. Uh, let me just give an example because now she's talking about the power of engaged observation. When talking to someone, we often think we're listening when in reality we're just waiting for an opportunity to speak. Doing this usually means we're busy composing our reply in our heads. But engaged observation means instead really trying to understand or feel what the other person is trying to get across. Doing this with our children helps us form a deep loving bond with them and it's something you can practice together well into their adulthood and then she talks about uh we shouldn't have phones on us like when we shouldn't have smartphones because otherwise we're being occupied with them a yeah, lot uh, and we're not listening really totally don't understand that point I know. <laughs> yeah, now you can point at me no, and make me so, <laughs> the bad mom. So just let let me get this straight because this is universal would be universally uh, adoptable to any form of interactions. Um, listen more, talk less, right? To yeah. sum it up, and do that with your kid as well. So they turn out to be sound mental health. Yeah, but but I have to agree with her. Uh, in a sense that I feel this actually needs some reminders. I'm especially when I have, and I even would even say that it didn't. You don't even need a phone to be distracted. Mm -hmm. It can also happen just have more than one kid, and you can be, be distracted by the other one or by some household chores or whatever, mm -hmm. and you can already be um, distracted enough to not really listen to your kid especially um, just previously we have been talking about validating their feelings mm -hmm. um, this this encompasses a lot of listening I mean the prerequisite for it is already listening a lot and then also um, if you really want to understand where your child is and what they need of course you're going to have to listen mm. but then just normal life but puts you away from it Second or third time, I think that it just said, you know, ensure our child, not yeah, our children. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. So this is basically the, the single child approach, and then then it perfectly works. But again, in in work situations, you know, you you always have interruptions uh, with you know drama there, an issue arises here. Um, you got some emails and a project going on, and that needs work too. Um, it's, it's it's always there more than one battle. stuff. Yeah. If you could only focus on, on one area, well, you have to cut that out of your daily schedule, I guess. Um, but just it's just not how life works. We are not that serialized. We are very much in, uh, you know, we do have multiple tasks. 
um, during the day that we have to I, solve. See, you know, actually, I have to, to say, I would also even say that it depends on the age of your kid, because I think, of course, a baby needs a lot more attention than a toddler does, and mm -hmm. a toddler needs a lot of more more attention than a um, older kid or a teenager does, mm -hmm. and therefore I think that. These, this is something that needs to adjust throughout their life. Mm -hmm. And also, it's important also for a kid to learn they're not the center of the universe. Mm -hmm. And mom or dad also has to do some other stuff as well. And they cannot always listen at every single, like every single time they want our attention. Mm. And there comes a time where they even have to solve their own issues. Yes. And therefore, um, this mm -hmm. is something like I would just add. But of course... Um, The smartphone, it doesn't help when it comes to listening. True enough. What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can read the next one. All right. Framing parent-child conflict as a battle of willpower is a losing battle. Oh, yeah. And um, this is something where they brought this example of a mom wanting to get home, but her toddler, was it a toddler or a child? I don't know. She, she was like observing some ants on the step on the way or somewhere. I prefer finished watching the ants crawling on the sidewalk. Oh, yeah. The mom is like kind of impatient. She wants to get home. Yeah. Uh, the author's daughter, Flo. Her, her daughter, her daughter's name is Flo. Which kind of interesting. Is Flo um, in German? Yeah. Uh, and But then the mom remembered, hey, I don't have to be anywhere on time like i can actually get home later as well that was like a brilliant idea that she had at that moment and then she felt like oh yeah let's just wait until her daughter is finished watching those ants mm -hmm. and then she can get home and it was much smoother and easier than if she would have enforced the return to home earlier <laughs> okay i think this example it kind of sucks in a sense <laughs> because i'm like duh I mean, this is something, I mean, this I've experienced many times as well. And of course, if there's nothing urgent going on, I already know. If, if you have a few brain cells, you already know, of course, it's better if you just wait, because that's not going to take an eternity. I mean, it feels kind of long, but it's not. Then if you would enforce the return home, because that's going to in, invoke a tantrum, mm -hmm. which takes a whole lot longer, which is a whole lot less um, well for you as well because having a tantrum in the middle of the street is not so nice for the mother either yeah some you know? people don't enjoy that yeah i didn't like them and you know it saves a whole lot of time if you just wait a little bit there instead of trying to force it upon your kid when they're getting older it's a little bit easier you can talk to them But before that, things are a little bit more complicated. And then it's kind of better to wait sometimes. Hmm. So, it, yeah. Okay, this was an example where I felt like it was not the best one. But of course, there can be some other ones as well. And that's where I feel, again, it's depending on their age. The smaller they are. The more attention they need. And sometimes more time to... Um, adjust from one situation to the other you know it's it's hard for a toddler to you know they're like right in the middle of a game and you're saying you know now we're gonna have to go grocery shopping or whatever and they have to quit everything that they've been starting to do mm. for them it's more difficult than for an older kid like an older kid you can even tell you know in 10 minutes that's when Uh, the little pointy thing of the clock of the then watch is there, happens, you know, yeah. you can, can teach them a little bit more, yeah. you know, and then they can adjust it a little bit accordingly. But for younger kids, it's a whole different story. And that's why I think, um, yeah, choose your battles wisely. <laughs> I think that's what I would say, yeah. you know, because sometimes a battle is necessary. Pick your fights. Yeah. Right. And it's, Not so much battle of willpower, but um, just, you know, what a child can get away with or what, what you allow. It, it'll set precedence. See, and I, I also feel it's situational because um, I just, well, it's, I just wanted to say recently, but it's a little bit longer ago now. 
um, it's been a few months, I talked to her mother and she felt like <clears throat> she talked to me about an uncomfortable situation at the supermarket with her daughter. Mm. And I, I just told her, you know what, I've been through those kinds of situations as well. And I know that in the supermarket, I might seem like in certain incidences, mm -hmm. I seemed like one of those moms who are never setting any boundaries and um, who give their kid everything they want. Actually, this has been rare. Mm. But the few times when it happened, um, we had a discussion afterwards. And then also every single time I went to the supermarket, like uh, before I went there. Mm. So um, let me just explain. Because I know having a big tantrum in the middle of the supermarket is very uncomfortable for the kid, for myself and for other people as well. And that's why on very, very few occasions, I bought them something that I wouldn't, I normally would not have done. But then afterwards, um, every single time afterwards, I told them, you know what, uh, today you can only choose one yogurt mm -hmm. or something from the bakery, depending, uh, and nothing else. Mm -hmm. And if you want something else, we're just going to leave everything there. We're going to go home. We're going to leave the supermarket. And I think I had to do this only twice or whatever. Yeah, that I had once, to leave once with each once, girl. Yeah, where you helped me, and the other time I, uh, I had to drag them along. It mm. was very uncomfortable. But uh, I only had to do this twice, I think. I cannot remember more times. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, I just had to remind them every single time before we go inside. Mm -hmm. You know what you can take. I just had to remind them, and then everything was okay. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying. When in a certain situation, I can understand that a mom might not be as strict as they usually are. Yeah, I, I can get behind that as well. And uh, I, I think it's important to, to follow up the way you did. And to set rules before you go to the place. You know, yes, you, yes. Yeah. In a more calm state. Mm -hmm. um, let me just read the final summary. So often the parenting process is viewed as two opposing forces meeting rather than as a relationship to be nurtured. The reason for this often comes down to the parent's own childhood. We should examine our past carefully, being attentive to telltale feelings of tension or frustration to avoid repeating the same mistakes. Above all, though, a parent can only really control their own decisions and actions And we should focus our attention on modifying these rather than our child's behavior. Well, the modification of a child's behavior is important as well, I'd say. But um, I can get behind being self-aware, sure. definitely. And let me just say one more thing. Because one thing I, I often think when reading these kinds of parenting books is... I feel like parents who are reading these kinds of books, they usually are more self-aware than the parents who don't. I guess so, because they read. Yes, and they <laughs> want to do the best for their kid. They, they really want to be there for their kid, give them the best opportunities and so on. Therefore, I think many of those um, parenting books... They're kind of obsolete because they're just trying to remind those parents of values or things that they already know and are already trying to implement. Yeah, maybe so, but I guess it's a huge market if you, if you only had one kid um, and you're obsessed about it a little bit, you know, which is normal. Um, that those parents yeah. read as many books as possible. Yeah, and so there's a demand, and if they can satisfy it with yet another book about parenting, sure, why not? And let me just add, <laughs> otherwise, it wouldn't make any sense to have a parenting podcast. Well, <laughs> there's know? that, honey. There if is there that. wasn't these kinds of parents, you know? <laughs> well, Aaron is listening, so it's all in, um, you know, for him anyway, right? Yeah, it is, I guess. <laughs> and I just wanted to, to let me just quote the, the book that, or mention the author of the book I, I, I mentioned. 
Um, Sophie Louise is her name. She is a British. What? Sophie Louise? Uh, Sophie Louise, yeah, or Sophie or whatever. Sophie? She, Sophie? She's British. Don't, don't touch my phone. What's it? Let me see. Sophie Louise. Sophie. Well, she's British, so I guess no one calls her Sophie in Great Britain. But. Um, but but her, not Sophie either. Yeah, Sophie, whatever. Her book is called uh, Full Circle. Surrogacy now. I cannot pronounce that for the life of me. Surrogacy. Sur- surrogacy. There you okay. Go. Louise, how it's spelled? L-E-W-I-S, like Louis is spelled. Levis, L-I, you said. L-E-W-I-S. <laughs> We can maybe link it. I don't know. I just thought it's... Um, oh, and the book is from the, the left-wing uh, Verso books, in case you want to look it up. Which is basically just you. Yeah, maybe. Okay, I'm gonna link it up. Yeah. So have a look at it and try to. It's a, a movement in the, in the left wing um, intellectual debate that is called family abolition. Yeah, those horrible families. Exactly. That just distinguish exactly, them. exactly. <laughs> and it's I think it's so provoking and so bizarre that. Um, I do enjoy thinking like that. I, I, was I know you I, love provoking. Yes, I know. I know. I, it's, but it's, it's just so out, out of there. You know, who, who would think that this is um, this will work? But you need these kinds of ideas to work towards a future like um, George Orwell, and you know the the ones yeah, where, where you have humans and factories. New worlds. Yeah, I, I can. Yeah, and but who then think, you don't need yeah, mothers and fathers. That is the way to go, and we'd be a better society for it. You know, mostly these arguments come from people who didn't have the greatest family themselves. Yeah, yeah, I I, I can understand that. So, but then again, um, I, maybe really... maybe I'm gonna gonna read a, a sum of that book, but but the article on the site um, was was quite interesting. I think I'm going to read it just to get angry. <laughs> yeah, you could. But, know. you know, the, the, the mentioning of, of the right-wing people going really nuts about that. Um, I, that's interesting too. Yeah, that's the other extreme, I know. Yeah. So See, again, again, the middle is somewhere better. Right? It is. It is. Sometimes we're talking a little bit too much politics, <laughs> which I do as well. well. It, I know. That was just in my mind, and I'm glad we recorded it. So it's something, you know, for parents as well. Think about how it would be not to be a parent, just, you know, create kids and dump them somewhere in society. A factory. A factory. And, yeah, and, and they take care of everything, and you are just a breeding machine, basically. Four times. Sounds so great. Sounds great, right? Because you have all... Well, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, you don't have those horrible bastards inside of your house. <laughs> I have no idea how that's going to work, but it's 